chapter twenty of the maid of scar this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. the maid of scar by r d blackmore chapter twenty confidential intercourse but everybody must be tired of all this trouble about that boat it shows what a state of things we live in and what a meddlesome lot we are that a good man cannot receive a gift straight into his hands from providence which never before rewarded him though he said his prayers every night almost and did his very best to cheat nobody it proves at least to my mind something very rotten somewhere when a man of blameless character must prove his right to what he finds however i had proved my right and cut in colonel lower's woods a larger pole than usual because the law would guarantee me if at all assaulted and truly after all my care to be on the right side of it such a vile attack of law was now impending on me that with all my study of it when perpetual attempts to jam its helm up almost into the very eye of reason my sails very nearly failed to draw and left me shivering in the wind but first for what comes foremost at that particular moment all things seemed to be most satisfactory here was my property duly secured and most useful to me here was a run of fish up from the mumbles of a very superior character here was my own reputation spread by the vigilance of the public press so that i charged three farthings a pound more than sandy mac did and here was my cottage once more all alive with the mirth of our bunny and bardie to see them playing at hide-and-seek with two chairs and a table or french and english which i taught them or come and visit my grandmother or making a cat of the kettle-holder with a pair of ears and a tail to it or giving a noble dinner-party with cockles and oyster-shells and buttons and apple peel chopped finely or what was even a grander thing eating their own dinners prettily with their dolls beside them scarcely any one would have believed that these little ones had no mothers and yet they did not altogether seem to be forgetful or to view the world as if there were no serious side to it very grave discourse was sometimes held between their bouts of play and subjects of great depth and wonder introduced by dolls clothes for instance hasn't a got no mamma poor bunny to thread e needle no my dear i answered for my grandchild looks stupid about it poor bunny's mother is gone to heaven my mamma not gone to heaven my mamma come to-morrow day i's almost tired of yating old davy but she's sure to come to-morrow day but as the brave little creature spoke i saw that the dust was in her eyes this was her own expression always to escape the reproach of crying when her lonely heart was working with its misty troubles and sent the tears into her eyes before the tongue could tell of them to-morrow day to-morrow day all her loss was to be recovered always on to-morrow day 
not even so much as a doll had been saved from the total wreck of her fortunes and when i beheld her wistful eyes set one day upon bunny's doll although only fit for a hospital having one arm and one leg and no nose besides her neck being broken i set to at once and sharpened my knife upon a piece of sandstone then i sought out a piece of abile laid by from the figurehead of a wrecked dutchman and in earnest i fell to and shaped such a carving of a doll as never was seen before or since of course the little pet came and stood and watched every chip as i sliced it along with sighs of deep expectancy and a laugh when i got to the tail of it and of course she picked up every one not only as neatest of the neat but also accounting them sacred offsets of the mysterious doll unborn i could not get her to go to bed and it was as good as a guinea to me to see the dancing in her eyes and the spring of her body returning e can make a boofly doll o oh davy but e doesn't know the yay to dessa doll you are quite wrong there said i perceiving that i should go up or down according to my assertion and it made her open her eyes to see me cut out with about five snips a pair of drawers quite good enough for any decent woman and she went to bed hugging the doll in that state and praying to have her improved to-morrow at breakfast-time mother jones dropped in for she loved a good salt herring and to lay down the law for the day almost as if i knew scarce anything and i always let her have her talk and listen to it gravely and clever women as a rule should not be denied of this attention for if they are it sours them while she was sucking the last of the tail and telling me excellent scandal my little lady marched in straight having finished her breakfast long ago and bearing her new doll pompously the fly-away colour in her cheeks which always made her beautiful and the sparkle of her gleeful eyes were come again with pleasure and so was the lovely pink of her lips and the proper aspect of her nose also she walked with such motherly rank throwing her legs with a female jerk it is enough for me to say that any newly married woman would have kissed her all round the room now mother jones having ten fine children five male and five female going about with clothes up to their forks need not have done what she did i think and made me so bashful in my own house for no sooner did she see this doll than she cried oh my and covered up her face the little maid looked up at me in great wonder as if i were leading her astray and i felt so angry with mrs jones after all the things i had seen abroad and even in english churches that i would not trust myself to speak however to pay her out for that i begged her to cure the mischief herself which she could not well decline and some of the green blinds still remaining dolly became a most handsome sight with a crackle in front and a sweeping behind so that our clerk a good-natured man was invited to christen her and patty green was the name he gave and bunny's doll was nobody 
such a baby-like thing might seem almost below my dignity and that of all the rest of us only this child had the power to lead us as by a special enchantment back to our own childhood moreover it was needful for me to go through with this doll's birth still more so with her dress of course having her a female because through her i learned a great deal more of bardie's history than ever our bunny could extract everybody who has no patience with the ways of childhood may be vexed and must be vexed with our shipwrecked maid for knowing many things but not the right but i think she was to blame only for her innocence in her tiny brain was moving some uncertain sense of wrong whether done by herself or to her was beyond her infant groping if she could have made her mind up in its little milky shell that the evil had befallen without harm on her part doubtless she had done her best to let us know the whole of it her best of course would be but little looking at her age and so on and perhaps from some harsh word or frown stamped into the tender flux of infantile memory a heavy dread both darkened and repressed much recollection hence if one tried to examine her in order to find out who she was she would shake her head and say no somethin as she always did when puzzled or unable to pronounce a word the only chance of learning even any little thing she knew was to leave her to her own way and not interrupt her conversation with wooden or crockery playmates all of these she endowed with life having such power of life herself and she reckoned them up for good behaviour or for bad as the case might be and often was i touched at heart after a day of bitter fighting with a world that wronged me by hearing her in baby prattle tell her playthings of their unkindness to a little thing with none to love her but when i had finished patty's face up to complete expression with two black buttons for her eyes and a cowrie for her mouth and a nose of coral also a glorious head of hair of crinkled seaweed growing out of her shell tooth like an ivory comb almost the ecstasy of the child was such that i obtained as well as deserved some valuable information patty geen e's been i good i heard her say in my window-place one morning after breakfast and e is the most boofly doll ever seen and i tell a somethin only e mustn't tell anybody till my dear mamma comes nat wasn't ickle bother patty how do you know miss patty inquired by means of my voice in the distance and a little art i had learned abroad of throwing it into corners i tell a patter i tell a i could a tell e nasty man but i tell old davy some day it could bother not like nat at all it could bother not so big enough and only two ickle teeth in front and his hair all gone ah yea it is but mamma say soon come back again and what is little brother's name said patty in a whisper and what is your name and papa's oh e silly patty geen as if e didn't know i's bardie ever since i was any ten and papa is papa he is patty i's kite ashamed of a he's such a silly ickle fin 
well i know i'm not very clever miss but tell me some more things you remember i tell ee if ee'd stop quiet i is a many happy turns of the day miss bardie many happy turns of the day to ah and poor bardie get off her stool and say what her dear papa tell gentleyums and yadies i's i much obliged to ya and then have boofly appledies and carbies and a ickle dop a good yiny piney does ee know hot that means poor patty no my dear how should i know he mustn't call me my dear i tell a he must know a space in yife why he's only a doll patty and bardie's a young yady and a streamly conscious gal i is and the gentiums all say so ickle bother can't say nothin without me to sew him the yea of it but bardie say almost anything anything when i yikes to try bardie say palmiolianian dog this cost her a long breath and a great effort but patty expressed intense amazement at such power of diction and begged to know something more about that extraordinary animal pomiolianian dog is yite yite all over cept his collar and his collar's boo and he's got hair that long patty ever so much longer than yours and he yun round and yound he does oh i do so yant my pomiolianian dog patty waited for two great tears to run quietly down two little cheeks and then she expressed some contempt of the dog and a strong desire to hear some more about the happy turns of the day don't be be jealous now patty i tell ee e ickle yite dog can eat but ye can't and happy turns of the day is yen a gate big gal is two years old with a ickle bother and he can't say nuffin cause he grow too strong enough and ye young lady must repie and i buddy ukes at a and yaffs and put ye gasses up and say hot a conscious ickle fin and my dear papa say hot a good gal and mamma come and tis a uh, all o'er a most and then e all have some more puddin'y pie overcome with that last memory she could go no further and being unable to give her pies i felt myself bound to abandon any more inquiries for that child scarcely ever roared so as to obtain relief but seemed with a kind of self-control such as unlucky people form however early in their lives to take her troubles inwardly and to be full to the very lip of them without the power of spilling this though a comfort to other people is far worse for themselves i fear and i knew that she did love pastry rarely for one day after a fine pair of soles i said to the two children now put your little hands together and thank god for a good dinner bunny did this in a grateful manner but bardie said no i ont old davy i'll thank god when i gets puddin'y pie upon the whole i concluded thus that the little creature was after all and as might have been expected with any other child almost too young 
in the third year of her age to maintain any clear ideas of place or time or names or doings or anything that might establish from her own words only whence she came or who she was however i now knew quite enough if the right people ever came to seek for her to dentify her as she expressed it to that stupid coroner moxy thomas came to fetch her back to scar in a few days time i was now resolved to keep her and she resolved to stay with me and doubtless i had first right to her but when i saw poor moxy's face and called to mind her desolation and when she kissed my fishy hand to let her have this comfort after all the lord had taken from her i could not find it in my heart to stand to my own interest it came across me too that bardie scarcely throve on so much fish and we never had any butcher's meat or meat of any kind at all unless i took shares in a pig after saving up money for christmas or contrived to defend myself against the hares that would run at me so when i happened to come through a gate at night so with a clearly pronounced brave roar having more music than bunnies in it and enough to wash a great deal of dust out of her woefully lingering eyes away she went in moxie's arms with patty green in her own looking likely to get wet through and bunny stuck her thumbs into my legs which she had a knack of doing especially after sucking them so thus we stood at our cottage door looking after bardie and i took off my hat and she spread her hand out in the intervals of woe and little thought either of us i dare say of the many troubles in store for us both only before that grievous parting she had done a little thing which certainly did amaze me and if anybody knows the like i shall be glad to hear of it i had a snug and tidy locker very near the fireplace wherein i kept some little trifles such as bunny had an eye for but was gradually broken into distant admiration one morning i came suddenly in from looking to my night-lines and a pretty scene i saw the door of my cupboard was wide open and there stood little bardie giving a finishing lick to her fingers bunny also in the corner with her black eyes staring as if at the end of the world itself however her pinafore was full no sooner did my grandchild see me than she rushed away with shrieks casting down all stolen goods in agony of conscience i expected bardie to do the same but to my great wonderment up she walked and faced me must i beat poor patty Keen? the tears were in her eyes at having to propose so sad a thing and she stroked the doll to comfort her beat poor patty said i in amazement why what harm has patty done ne'er she have been all e time stealing a sugar old davy and she looked at me as if she had done a good turn by the information i scarcely knew what to do i declare for her doll was so truly alive to her that she might and perhaps did believe it however i shut her in my little bedroom until her heart was almost broken and then i tried to reason with her on the subject of telling lies but she could not understand what they were until i said what i was forced to do when i went among bad people 
that evening after she was gone and while i was very dull about it finding poor bunny so slow and stupid and nothing to keep me wide awake there i was bound to be wide awake more than at petty sessions even when mine enemies throng against me for almost before i had smoked two pipes or made up my mind what to do with myself finding a hollow inside of me the great posting-coach from bridgend came up with the sun setting bright on its varnish and at my very door it stopped next to the driver sat a constable who was always unjust to me and from the inside came out first justice anthony stew of pen coed as odious and as meddlesome a justice of the peace as ever signed a warrant and after him came a tall elderly gentleman on whom i had never set eyes before but i felt that he must be a magistrate End of chapter twenty